Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free drink play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad break string play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play. Exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Jeez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week on the show, we just finished it, actually. I like doing the intros. I'm going to do the intros now, just after I finish the podcast, because I'm bloody so enthralled and excited, and I'm about to run through a brick wall, which you'll hear in the episode of how excited I am for this one, because Harry Mackay absolutely dominated it. I've known Harry for you know a lot of a long time. We were at the Carlton Footy Club together. Um, seeing this guy develop into the young gentleman he's turned into now has been bloody incredible. And to sit down with him and talk about his his life, really, like of what he's learned so far, is so cool. So could not recommend this episode anymore to any young people out there who are looking to get into a field where they just want to get the best out of themselves because Harry has learned so many lessons that are so um, linear to any young person that needs to just learn in life. It's been really, really cool. He's so dedicated to his footy, so good dedicated to being the best person he can be. And obviously that's um, translating to his on-field performance and he's dominating. But holistically, he's just a good bloody person, which is really, really exciting. I think Carlton supporters in general are going to get really, really excited hearing what he has to say about um, his journey, the footy club's journey, um, but just what he's getting up to out of the field as well. So it's funny, it's insightful, it's awesome. Um, I'm going to get a bloody Harry Mackay number 10 fucking jumper on my back next year because I'm that pumped for this bloke. Really, really enjoy this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Illy XX. You. Hi fam, it's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friends. He's like, you can embarrass yourself. And I was like, bro, do you want me to do all seven verses? Bit arrogant. Didn't know all yeah. seven. <laughs> I've been in a bad team for 10 years and we got a chance to do something pretty special this year. All you can do is put your hand up and say you're wrong. Banter is a way that guys connect, a way that we can kind of play it safe with someone until we get to know them. I try to fix people sometimes. I'm like, damn, stop doing that. Just listen. And you stack on top of that the habit of not taking your phone when you take your dog. It's easy. They had no other way to get out of the cave and we either turn our backs on them, in which case they're going to die, or we give this crazy idea a go. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Hey, man, how are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. Mate, good Very to see you, my boy. Finally. It's been a little while. Geez, you're a big boy. I always forget how big you are when I yeah. see you up close. I'm still growing, I reckon, as well. <laughs> you're not still I growing. I might be. They reckon you grow until you're 25, so. Oh, I don't think so. Um, mate, firstly, congratulations. Thank Seven you, year deal. Yeah. It's a long time. It's a long time. It is. It's great to get it done, but yeah, I didn't really realise, obviously, talking through it and then. Um, it wasn't until it got sent through and it said 2030. I contracted sent through 2030. I was like, that is, it's the next decade. It's a long time. Mate, it's, um, it's longer than, like, it's longer than you are in school. So, like, yeah. from year seven to year 12, it's 
more years. It's like going to school again. Yeah, it's a lot. And I've this is my seventh year. I just finished my seventh year, so it's doing all that again plus a bit more, maybe. So it's a long time, mate. But um, yeah, it's awesome to get it done. And yeah, it was really easy to, to do with the club, so it makes it easier. It does. Sure. It does. We'll get off the AFL three hundred and sixty talk in a moment. But <laughs> yeah, no it was reason. um, it was interesting because I remember like just the Carlton fan in me now is like you want to lock in these guys. So we locked in, you know, Cripper, locked in Charlie, locked in, who else recently? There's a few uh, Ben Heap. Sam Walsh, Yeah, Walshies, Weeders. Weeders. Well, yeah. So everyone's locked in. And then you were the only one. Everyone's going, fucking hell, like this is going to be, might be a big year. You know, you could have like left it play out to next year and it yeah. becomes a bit of a thing. Was that weighing in your mind or did you just want to get something done ASAP? Um, no, not at all, to be honest. So my personality, I'm pretty laid back, all that stuff, yeah. like in terms of, um, motivation and drive like that was the furthest thing from my mind I was yeah. literally just um, get through the season obviously we wanted to make finals and um, everything was pretty full on there and then it's more just like background talk with everyone in the media and you know what it's like sometimes they beat it up um, so then kind of yeah the season finished and um, after that I was yeah pretty keen just to get it all done and mm. um, I think once you know where you want to be for long term um, it's pretty easy just to get it all done but probably 12 months ago it was yeah, we just had our third coach in six years, new CEO, new president, new everything. It's like, all right, is this environment going to be really good for my next seven, eight years? Yeah. Um, once like the new guys came in and kind of that was all ticked off, that was probably the only question. And um, yeah, the year we had, even though we didn't make finals, it was like we, we improved a lot in some certain areas. So once that was all ticked off, mate, it was pretty straightforward. And um yeah, always wanted to play my footy at Carlton. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to get it done. It's awesome, man. Well done again. Um, I'm absolutely wrapped, not as just as a friend, but also just as a as a fan um, of the club now. It's good to see. It's so exciting. I was even thinking about this the other day and, like, again, very top-line chat, but as just, like, mates talking about this, you must be excited thinking, like, of the team you've got over the next period. Like, what, you had four or Australians this year. You had Cripper one in the brown. Like, you yeah. won the Coleman last year. Charlie won it this year. Like, you know, Sam Doherty misses out on even the squad. Like, it's yeah. pretty, like, it's a pretty, pretty exciting time to be, um, you know, at the, at the footy club, really. Yeah, it really is. And obviously, you have to say that as a player, but I think if you yeah, look at it from a, a mutual point of view, like, a lot of guys in that window of 24 to 28, like, playing your best footy and going to be together for mm. quite a long time, it's really exciting. And yeah, I think a lot of guys had individual success over the last probably couple of years, which mm. I think is great in terms of, establishing yourself as like a you know, top-line AFL player and a really consistent player. And then I think once you've ticked that box, like your pure focus is team success. Not that it's not always like front of mind, but um, yeah, I think a lot of guys are really hungry for that um, ultimate success now, which is really cool. So oh, it's a great place to be. You know what it's like, Carlton fans are pretty crazy and up and about. So um, this year was another level to what I've experienced. And yeah, just can't imagine what it's going to be like when we play finals. Hopefully, touch wood. Yeah, what, what, what was it like in the last? Because, like, I suppose when I think when we first met, so we first met at, at Carlton, obviously, and yeah. I reckon I would have maybe been in my third year, and when you came into your first, like, yeah, it was a pretty weird um, time at the club, and then since till, till pretty much this year, it's been like yeah. it has been pretty difficult place to, to yeah. be, and like that's not saying just Carlton, but any club that's not winning. Um, and when you're a big club, like expectations, like how, what was it like? What's the challenge been like for you until this season? And, and what do you think's changed? Yeah, good question. I, th- I thought you were going to ask our first encounter. Okay. I, oh, yeah. Well, do, what's well, that? No, the one that comes <laughs> to mind, you're not going to like this. But oh, no. I reckon it was my first week or two at the club when we had pre season training and we were doing like a 4v4 handball drill. 
You were wearing the, the bib, you know, where you wear the bibs, obviously. Um, well, it must have been in the, two, the second stand. <laughs> yeah. No, I was in the two as well. Yeah. Um, and I reckon I tackled you. You probably tried to take me on or something. Um, and I tackled you. And you know when you had the bib, like you can be stupid and like sling them down to the ground or you can kind of like protect them a little bit. Yeah. So I kind of had you by the bib and kind of gently put you to the ground and then you got up and you were like, what are you doing, mate? It's pre-season in summer, like <laughs> lean off me. And I was like in my first year, I was like so ratted. I was like, is this what happens at training? Like, And obviously you're just a competitive bugger. But um, so that, that's probably the first memory of you, mate. Well, in saying that, you know, like you, I think that shows you in better light than me. I was cracking it at you at training and you're the one trying to train hard. So I think there's no reason why you're a common medalist now and I'm sitting on this end of the No, line. I didn't mind, mate. Competitiveness is a good thing. Yeah. So um yeah, but obviously a lot's changed since um, you've been at the club in mm. my seven years. I think, as I mentioned before, we've had three coaches, a lot of different guys in roles. But um, I think the main thing that's changed is probably probably the environment and culture. Um, it's not like there was never great blokes at the footy club. I reckon we always had really good mm. people. But I think the ability for everyone to get the best out of themselves and celebrate that now. So I reckon when I was first at the club, it was nearly – yeah, it was nearly not cool to enjoy footy. And yeah, I remember you do stuff in my first year as well. Like I was always big on just doing extra touch and stuff. And you'd nearly like people would take the piss nearly because you were trying to do something a bit abnormal and get the best out of yourself. But now it's like really celebrated. Pros are kind of cool. It's cool to be a professional. Um, so that's, yeah, taken some big leaps over the last couple of years and it'll only get better. But yeah, in my opinion, that's probably the number one thing from like a culture environment point of view? Mate, that's, it's, uh, that is so well um, articulated and I, I have to totally jump in and be like, that's that's crazy because I, I when you said it, I nearly got goosebumps because it took me back to that time and I think one, of being like a young kid and, and feeling that pressure as well, but then I reckon nearly even being a part of the problem um, yeah. when towards my end if I was in like a shit mood or negative, like I would 100% seen you being like, oh, fuck this guy, he's trying to, be too cool and I think we can all fall into that trap yeah. sometimes when you you get in that in that space but yeah. from what I've heard you know that really has been um stamped out and it's yeah it's a, it's a really really good point yeah well I think it's like the if the weight of numbers are in that camp of mm. oh it's not cool to be like and take the piss out of everything then if you're a young kid walking in or you're on the fence you're going to go to the numbers so then I guess by personnel changes and environment change if the numbers are now in the Oh, it's cool to be professional. Let's work really hard, get the best out of yourselves. A young kid walks in and sees 90% of the list doing that. It's like, all right, well, I have to go to the 90%, yeah. um, which has been a big change, which is awesome. That's fucking, that's really cool, mate. It's awesome that you've even liked it, that that's something that you've really picked up because I, I'm i not at the club anymore, but I think, you know, not even fans, but just people would be really impressed that that's what's what's going on because I tell you, that's not even a footy club thing, man. That's just like a life thing. That's a friendship group thing. It's like you are who you surround yourself with. You are who... Um, you know, you, you are like the closest reflection of the five people around you, as they say, not yeah. just in life and in business and work and footy. And it's like, if you want to be good, you got to be around good people. And I think, um, it's just not harping on it and, and knocking Carlton back in the day and whoever was there, but it was, it wasn't one person. It was just a system that, yeah. um, no one felt safe. And there were so many coaching changes, so many different things going on that every player was just fighting for themselves to be in that position. But then you get a bit more comfortable. As you said, people actually start celebrating like cool, it's cool to work hard. It's Yeah, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting take. Yeah. And I don't think it ever came from a bad place. No. It was like it's just when you're young, you come in, you're 
insecure, you're uncomfortable and it's like, all right, I want to be fit and I want to be safe, psychologically safe. So then you go, all right, I'm going to do what everyone else is doing to be safe. Mm. And as I said, when the weight of numbers are in that camp, then, yeah, it's probably going to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Did you struggle with that? In, and it's probably a loaded question. Did you – do you think – how do you think you were in your first couple of years with that? Do you think you fell into a bit of a um, try and just fit in versus try and perform? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, obviously oh, you'd know because we were there. But um, I think walking in – as a, I was 17 when I walked in. Um, and, yeah, you nearly – it's hard – it's nearly you're trying to be someone you're not to fit in. And, mm. um, yeah, it's definitely challenging when you're young and you walk into a football club with um, 40 other guys and obviously a lot of opinions are made pretty early on. But definitely for my first two years, I always look back and think. So one thing, one regret I probably have is I would, I'd love my first two years again. Mm. But then also I'm like probably not the person I am today and know what I know and have theories on what I do if I didn't have those first couple of years. So... Yeah, it's chicken and the egg, but definitely, definitely um, a tough, yeah, couple of years in terms of, and it's definitely on me as well. But um, yeah, as a young kid walking in, it can be challenging, I reckon, and mm. definitely like some things back. But as I said, you, you can't do that, and it probably makes you who you are now. So yeah, it's a great answer. What would you? What was like a a pivotal moment for you? Like when did you click and be like, all right, fuck it, it's not about fitting in, it's about like being the best I can be, or, or forgetting what other people thought and just be like, fuck this. Yeah, probably not. I don't think if it was a kind of a key moment, but mm. I think after a couple of years, because I'd look at even other guys I got drafted with, like say Charlie and and Jack Savani Sauce, um, and just see like how they got along with the group and how kind of they were mates with everyone. And so instead of thinking about um, knowing that I was different and not going to be like them, I was like, oh, I got to try and be like that and fit in with everyone, try and be mates with everyone. Um, and then if I wasn't mates with everyone, it was like, or best mates with everyone, it was nearly like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Like, what's wrong with me? I'm not best mates with everyone. Mm. But then, yeah, it's not until you probably get a little bit older and have a couple of years in a system where you realise everyone gets along really well. You're going to have your probably five or six guys that you're really close with at the club. But as long as you have healthy working professional relationships with everyone, um, then that's the main thing. So probably after two years, I reckon that clicked. Yeah. And um, yeah, then it got probably more lean towards, oh, I'm going to try and get the best of myself, really um, improve my football. But, yeah, it took a while, mate, definitely. Yeah, I think every young player that's coming through, boys and girls are listening to this, like this is so it's such an incredible chat. I don't think we've ever had someone articulate it so well because um, what you're saying around uh, being liked versus being respected, and I think I speak yep. about it, but it's a bit different when it comes to you because you've been – um, it, you, you were in it sooner, uh, sorry, earlier than I have um, now. It's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say you've experienced more recently, yeah. recently, yes. <laughs> and you've probably come through the other end and actually started performing through it. But at the end of the day, you realise very quickly when you start growing up, like people, it's all well good to, to be liked, but like at the end of the day when the shit hits a fan and it's grand final day or it's um, something going on in someone's life, they go to the people that actually they respect the most and that's what ha that's actually what you enjoy. So for me now, knowing what I know, because I had a very similar pathway into you, all I wanted to do was be liked by people and, and fit in and did shit that, you know, weren't across my values or anything like that. But now it's like oh, I, just don't, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that people come to when they have a problem or they need honest feedback or yep. I can help them, support them in some way. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Yeah, a thousand percent. And then that's why like the environment is really important in that. So if you if if the environment celebrates those type of guys and you just you're respected for who you are, as you said, there's gonna be so many different people and personalities in a footy club, but mm. if you can respect those guys that that's them, um, which is awesome, we celebrate that, we love that, then everyone can be themselves and be comfortable, which is um, 
yeah, what's really improved. Huge. Love it. Hey, let's go back. We've jumped way ahead, but I love where we're going. Um, take us back to Warrigal, man. God's yeah. country. Waza. Now, there's a statue there of you that you keep saying. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I always try and tell people if they can give it a quick polish when they drive past, <laughs> that'd be good. But um, I haven't seen it either, but I hear it is down there. Um, yeah. What was it like growing up in Warrigal? I, w- I was actually down there recently. Nicky Graham, one of our um, yeah, mutual yeah. friends, plays down at um, Warrigal. I think he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, what was it like growing up in, in the Gippie? Yeah, it was good, mate. So um, we originally grew up in Long Warrior, which is 20 minutes closer to the city than Warrigal. Mm. Um, not much going on in Long Warrior, mate. Yeah. But um, we had yeah, 12 acres um, and a house there. So I got, um, I'm one of four. So we had yeah, a solid family growing up. Um, is it how many, well, how many, like two boys? Two. So my, I got a younger brother, Charlie, older sister, Hannah, yep. and my twin, Ben. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty busy household. Um, but with having 12 acres, we had, yeah, there's a dad pretty early on put up like footy posts in the backyard. So we had um, footy to play. We had like a cricket set up in the, in the front yard and then we had like a basketball ring. So we were always outside playing footy wow. and, and sport, which was pretty cool. And um, yeah, it got pretty heated, mate, the, with, with my brother. And um, it's probably where it all started, like being competitive and playing footy. But yeah, it was a pretty cool place to grow up. And then when we, I was 12, 13, we, um, we moved to Warrigal because school and footy was um, everything there. So um, used to, we have to, used to have a share a room. So Charlie, Ben and I all short, uh, shared a room along Warri and then we moved to Warrigal and we all got our own room, which was nice um, as we got a bit older. So, yeah, it was a pretty cool place to grow up. I recommend it. Um, not sure I'll be going back to leave anytime soon, yep. Dill, but never say never. Um, yeah, it was, um, it's a good place to grow up. Talk us through the, the competitiveness. I'd love to hear this. I think everyone would have, of what was going on in the antics. One story in particular that keeps coming up. Um, I don't know if you've told this before, but is there something involving a steak knife? There is. I've still got scars right <laughs> around my hand from it. So this is when we're in – I'm not sure if I've told this. This is when we're in Long Worry. Um, so we had – mum just cooked like a – I don't think she – I think she bought it from Coles, but yeah. it was just like a, a meat pie um, <laughs> with veggies or whatever. And we are just sitting on – we just had this little table – and we're sitting there eating and just to muck around, I we had steak knives, right, as you have with a pie and um, just to be a nuisance, I, I got my steak knife and just stabbed Ben's pie. I was sitting next to him and just stabbed his pie just, just to muck around, you know, a bit of fun yeah. at dinner table. Yeah, it was like, fun. Yeah. Um, and then knowing Ben, he was going to retaliate. So I put my hand, I hovered my hand over the, my pie, knowing he was going to come back and he got the steak knife and went straight through my hand Um Trying to get to the pie, I think, but yeah, straight through my hand and still got a big nice little scar in my to hand. To actually go through your hand? Yeah. And I was just, I remember staring at it, I had this <laughs> massive hole in my hand and blood started pissing out. I was like, what is going on? So, um, yeah, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. So, I think, I hope to think that he didn't see my hand there, but part of me oh. thinks he didn't care anyway. He said, yeah, you touched my pie, bad luck. Is that is that as uh, heated as they got? Like, what, how yeah, often? That, that's, a, that's right down the bottom, I reckon. Really? Yeah. No, yeah. Can't even remember all the fights, mate. There's been some full-on ones. Um, I don't know if you got on there, but more recently, when we were young, we used to always fight. Like we'd play footy, we'd punch on, come in five minutes later. You know, best mates, yep. no worries. Um, feel sorry for my parents because it would have been God. It would have been annoying. Yeah. Um, trying to split us up the whole time, but yeah, that was kind of normal. And then as we got a bit older, they probably got a bit more heated and a bit more full-on. And as you get a bit bigger, you can probably do a bit more damage with a punch. But I think another one. I don't know if you got it there, but um, draft day. We yeah. um, so we're driving to the airport because the draft was in Adelaide, right? Um, driving to the airport, and we used to have a seven seater because there was quite a few of us. Um, I think Ben was sitting in front, and I was behind him, and just to annoy him, I think I was just like flicking him in the ear, just like I hit him in the head, <laughs> just to annoy him. I don't know, you know what you like. 
and he didn't respond. He didn't really do anything. Um, and then we got out of the car and I was just about to get my bag, just to the luggage and turn around and Ben just goes whack and punches me straight in the nose out of nowhere. Um, I had a massive blood nose for the draft and, um, yeah, that was pretty fun. So <laughs> obviously the lesson there, don't annoy him and don't flick him in the ear. Um, it sounds like, to be honest, at this stage, Ben's actually well, sort of got it over you, if I'm being completely honest. He stabbed you and physically assaulted you as well. Yeah, correct. So you should be in jail, <laughs> mate. Um, well, I think I just picked my time and place. I didn't want to retaliate there. A couple of years ago, we were probably 19, 20. We went to um, Top Golf in, in Queensland, just with a mate of ours. And um, yeah, we're giving each other a bit of shit just about our golf swings and, and whatnot, as you do. And um, I was going pretty hard at him, I think, because he was hitting a few poor shots. And um, yeah, he um, so he's getting a bit frustrated from that. And um, so I think I was just going up to to take my one of my last swings, and then out of nowhere, Ben just comes up and just king hits me in the back of the head, like right. In the t- and I was filthy. I was so angry. Um, Pretty ordinary thing to do. I'm not condoning this, by yeah, the way. Yeah, by the way, Ben, we've got to get him on. I feel we he needs to have a right of rebuttal, maybe on your own podcast, very coming soon. Maybe. maybe. That's um, double assault and a stabbing is, yeah. is quite severe. But then, so I'm seeing red at this stage. <laughs> and just as that happened, the bloke was coming around to, to pay the, the bill and nothing would have split it. So I had to bite my lip and go and pay the bill. Um And I was fuming, so I stormed out of there because I was just going to wait for him out the front and... Yeah. <laughs> Yep, say good day to him there. And um, Ben, knowing me, he knows that I was going to retaliate. So we, we had a couple of beers, right? Yeah. And um, I think we were just drinking Coronas and he um, he took one of the empty Corona bottles out to try and sneak it out and he walks by security and looks like, mate, what are you doing? You can't take a beer bottle out here. Um, so he was obviously fearing for his life a little bit. And then he got out the front of Gold Coast, uh, in front of Top Golf, and we're just punching on in the middle of Top Golf. Um, and these blokes walk past, trying to like think it was a fight, trying to break it up. And my mate was like, "Don't worry, mate, they're just brothers. Like, yeah. let them go at it." And yeah. then um, we're staying in Byron, so I had to drive an hour and a half back to Byron. It was a pretty icy trip back, but um, yeah, there's been a few over the years, mate. But kind of all in good humour, I guess. Hell, it's um, I've got to look. I've got a sister that beats the shit out of me, to be honest, and um, I can imagine. But it's funny how. When it is a sibling, you can fight and then like two seconds later, it's just back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And then it's always like you're happy to fight your sibling, but if someone else joined oh, in, yeah. you'd be it's, like the first to um, be protective. But yeah. yeah, it's all good fun, mate. How, um, it, look, I know there's a running gag that gets played <laughs> a lot that you guys don't exist together or there's it's only one person. Yeah. Um, it is weird that you haven't played together, though, isn't it? Like against each other. Yeah, yeah it is weird. Like we seven are- years in the system and you, it's, you know, you normally play a team two yeah times a year like even yeah. in the vfl so we, we have played um each other in the vfl yeah you probably would have been playing that day mate. I, reckon, I, I reckon i probably was yeah i, yeah. Know. I used to um, I used to put them right where you like them at my toes i think they were. <laughs> <laughs> still got a sore back from all those kicks mate um no so we we're playing vfl one day and um ben was playing ben was playing back line i was playing forward line so it was the yeah. first time we played against each other and um Lamb and Jed Lamb was playing as well and um, getting into Ben a, a bit. And um, I kicked a goal in the first quarter and, you know, as you do after a goal, you get into him. And so Ben and I both wear contact lenses, so we're um, blind as a bat without them. Um, so during the scuffle just before quarter time, um, Lamb, poked out, accidentally poked Ben in the eye and poked his, one of his contact lenses out. And, um, yeah, the ball went back to the middle and I remember Ben said he's like, I've just lost my contact lens. And I was like, righto. And he's like, I haven't got a spare one in my bag. So you always bring a couple of spares in your mm. bag just in case it happens. Um, 
He's like, I haven't got a spare one, I haven't got a spare one. Like, and he was really panicking. He's like, do you reckon I could borrow one of yours? Did you bring a spare one in your bag? And I was like, this could go two ways here. I could say no and probably kick 10 on him. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have another contact, you're in trouble. Um, or I could be a good bloke and go and get the other one. So the quarter time siren went and I rushed off to my bag and um, got a contact lens. And we kind of both, it would have looked really weird. We were both kind of hanging out around the rooms and I just gave him like a little oh, contact that's lens. That's um, beautiful. And I still remember my grandma, of all the things we've done in footy, I think that was the most proud she's ever been that I actually gave him a contact lens. And, oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, so we have played against each other once. There you go. Not yeah. in the AFL. Um, is there an urge to ever want to play together? Like, is that something you'd like to, it's going to be hard for, for you to leave, but, you know, would you like to see um, Benny of the Blues one day? Um, it's a good question. To be serious for a second, it'd be tough. So when we were getting drafted, so I kept bringing back everything to our childhood, but... Um, when we got drafted, yeah, we had lots of interviews with clubs and everything, yeah. and um, they would often say like, you know, do you guys want to play together or do you want to take us like go separately or whatever? And um, we'd always said we want to go separately because as a twin for eighteen years, you do everything together. Mm. You're always, you know, when they say Harry, they say Ben. Um, you know, you're always you do everything together. Um, you're nearly seen as one kind of entity, and um, especially Ben, I think he it kind of really annoyed him more than anything. So I think we we're pretty keen to go our separate ways. Um, I remember Carlton, they um, they came over and said, you know, we, liked, we would like to take both of you. And we said, no, nah, don't, don't take wow. us. Um, and then I think they still were, they were going to do it on um, draft night, but North Melbourne picked Ben just a couple of picks before Carlton. But um, yeah, so we we're pretty happy early days to not um, play together and do our own thing, forge your own path. Um, but being a bit more mature now, I think it would be kind of cool to a degree, but um, there'd definitely be a lot of fights at training. But, yeah. um, but who knows, one day, I think, as, as I said, you get a bit older and kind of to have success with their family member would be cool. Um, but it would have to be Ben coming to Carlton because I just signed my life away. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's unreal. No, it's a good answer. It's really interesting that, um, yeah, like I, I think that it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. But you think that, I don't know, every sort of gimmicky story would be like, oh, how good would it be to get the brothers together? But, but to yeah. hear that you guys were like, no, we want to do our own thing. Um, it's actually super interesting. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide live with no ad break during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup, exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble. Yeah. Um, talking of your footy, okay, so obviously when I saw you coming through Big, big boy, incredible kick and great skills. You know, we back in the day would hate to pump you up, but now we're, we're embracing the uh, love for each other. Um, well, one way anyway. You've you've come leaps and bounds. It's, it's honestly been a pleasure watching you develop because um, when we were playing, I think that, you know, your big boy took a long time, not a long time, but you had to earn your keep and the, the, the team wasn't good enough to really even for you to play in to actually get the ball down to you. So there's a lot of time we had to sort of develop and go away. What was, I suppose, is, is there a short answer in this of like how you got the confidence in yourself to start playing 
consistently at the top level. Yeah, definitely. I reckon there's probably a, a key moment and it was midway through 2018. Um, I don't think – I debut. I played two games the year before at the end of the yeah. season, just kind of, you know, give me games. Um, and – Started off 2018 in the twos, and then had a couple, three or four games in the in the AFL after that. But wasn't playing great. Um, team wasn't going great. Mm. Got dropped back to the twos, and um, as much as anything, just really probably struggled mentally. Like even just going to training, like anxiety, really anxious. Um, I remember I went home. So this is when Mum and Dad were still in Warrigal, and I just went home to say good day for a night or whatever. And I remember Mum said, "You're just not yourself at the moment. You're just not. You're just not Harry." Um, and she's like, I think you should maybe see someone and get some help. And that yeah. was pretty, I was like, that's pretty full on. Like for someone to know you so well and be like, you're just not yourself. Um, it was pretty powerful. So after that, um, I went and saw a sports psychologist, Jackie Lauder. Um, shout out to Jackie. She works at Collingwood now, I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, so basically went and saw her for a few times and to start to get the ball rolling. Um, and as much as anything, it was just kind of yeah, debunking some anxiety stuff and um, working through kind of a bit of a plan to... One, just feel a bit more confident, a bit more happy with everything. And then two, um, how that will translate to a footy point of view. Yeah. And um, whether it was whether it was that or just circumstantial, like a couple of weeks later, I remember I got picked in the in the ones. And um, after that, I think we had seven or eight games left in the year and managed to hold my spot for, for six, six, seven games. And yeah, I was played some consistent enough footy. And um, I think it was just admitting that you needed a bit of help to start. Um, was really beneficial for me and then that kind of springboard into a, a good summer and then 2019 and since then kind of been consistent in the team but yeah that was probably the moment where put my hand up and say I reckon I need a bit of help and yeah. want to try and get the best out of myself and um, as I said I'm not sure exactly if the stars align but it was just one of those things that has really helped me um, since then. No it's awesome I really appreciate you sharing that I, I had no idea. If you don't mind me asking on that so when you were saying you, you probably weren't feeling yourself yeah do you think that that was like, and you went and saw a sports psychologist, do you think that you went there thinking, okay, this is about footy and and was it about footy or was it more just like you wanted to be more of a better person in general than, than that made you play footy better, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, good question. I think a lot of young footballers, like their identity is attached to how they go on a footy yeah. field and right, wrong and different, that's what happens. And a lot of people talk about you have to split your identity, which I completely agree, but the reality is while you're playing footy, your identity is very closely attached to what you do um, on the footy field. So I think I went from more of a footy point of view because footy is so much of your life. Like if you're going to training games and you're just really uncomfortable and anxious mm. all the time, that's 80% of your life, you're, you know, you're anxious. So um, it probably meant, yeah, it came in from more of a footy point of view. And um, yeah, but I think, you, you know, you get some some frameworks and some things to work through that helps not only with footy but with um, with life as well. And, mm. yeah, it was just kind of, yeah, refining some confidence and, um, yeah, a few triggers and a few things to do to, to help get the best of myself. And, um, yeah, it was a really awesome experience. What were the main, main takeaways? Like was there something that really stood out that you, you went through? A few things I really liked and still kind of think about today is, you still always talk about just like be where your feet are, um, which is I think you obviously yeah. talk about it a lot. But um, yeah, not overplaying things. Explain, too far explain ahead. that though. What, what it means? Yeah, to so you, it's so. just like say in the past you'd always be thinking, all right, I got I got training tomorrow. What if I stop up at training? What if I you know don't do this? But reality is, you're at dinner with your family. Just be there and just enjoy the moment and um, not think too far ahead. Um, be where your feet are, not where your mind is. So. Um, 
yeah, I, th- I think that's a really good one that you can still carry into today. It was more just probably putting in a plan to, um, yeah, step out of your comfort zone a little bit and try some things and be like, all right, this is this is the plan, so we're going to do this, 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 and just commit to that for a little while. Um, but as I said before, I think the biggest thing was putting your hand up and admitting that you needed help. And yeah. as a guy, you always think you're invincible and you think you've got it all sorted out, but to kind of take the ego away and say, all right, I need a bit of help here. Um, that was probably just a spark that I really needed, I reckon. That's huge, man. I imagine then like, you know, with one thing that I was always thinking too, um, from an outside perspective, knowing you, uh, without knowing that, but how, when you started like playing really good footy and then you went through the stage of like started doing snaps for goals, which, you know, now you still do and you, you're kicking the ball really well in that position. Like, was that a tough period going like, I want to, I want to stick to doing this without listening to what other people are saying? Yeah, so um, it's a little bit on the psych stuff as well. So in the 2020 hub season, um, fun. I was playing some pretty solid footy, like getting a lot of shots on goal, uh, marking the ball well, but I was just missing so many, man. I was like kicking one goal five, one goal four, and like quite a few weeks in a row. And I was like, one, I'm hurting the team here. Like, this is killing me. I feel like everyone's looking at me thinking, man, if you had a kick straight, we might have won. Not that I was saying that, but yeah. you, know, you just feel like that. And two, I just knew that, I was pretty close to being playing some really good footy, but I just like if nothing else changed, but I had to kick straight, I walk away being in the top five players on the ground, mm. and that was really frustrating. So I remember as soon as the season, the last game finished. Um, so Ben, Ben had seen um, Jamie for a little bit. So Jamie Glazier, sports psych, works a lot with golfers. Um, he'd worked with him a little, probably a year or two earlier, and I remember he spoke really highly of him. And I think yeah that next couple of days just messaging straight away and saying mate I need I want to work on my goal kicking and the mental side of things because I'm sick of it I'm, I'm bloody sick of it like sick of missing mm. um so over that summer 20 to 21 um did a lot of mindset work around goal kicking and um biggest thing I learned and probably the biggest thing that was holding me back was like fear of failure so um being a bit of a perfectionist yeah you go in thinking oh, I want to kick every goal here I remember you asked me that he's like how often do you go into a game thinking um, you're going to hit every kick, kick every goal, not make a mistake? And I'm like, oh, every game I'd go in thinking I'm not going to make a mistake or not miss. And then he's like, so as soon as you, if you miss the first one, you're just so flat on yourself because you're expected to be perfect and you're not. Um, and then I was kind of just a, you know, downhill from there. So um, the biggest thing that changed for me was just allowing myself to fail. And I went through even a period there. This is I don't know how this will come across, but at the top of my mark saying, basically saying, it's okay to miss. It's all right. It's all right to miss. Like, I don't want to miss, but it's okay to miss. Um, and just that kind of gives you a bit of, you know, deep shoulders down a little bit, mm. relax a little bit, and actually gives you the best chance to um, to kick the goal. So it's coming from a really good place because you want to score, you want to kick the goal, you want to help the team. But attaching too much um, emotion and to that outcome is actually detrimental. So coming back and... Um, yeah, being in the moment a little bit and thinking that it's all right to miss um, was a really big catalyst. Sorry, that was not answering your question at all. No, it was. That was actually, that was way better than um, what it was. Yeah. In terms of the actual snapping bit, yeah, so... No, late- I want to I want to just touch on that quickly because it's... I still think to this day, like, we still don't know how to... Like, it's not mastered, is yeah. it? Like, everyone just has to work out what's best for them for goal gigging and it should have been so much. Sometimes when we are playing footy, I was like, oh, get your routine. It's like... What the fuck even is that? Like, yeah. you got to work out what's best for you. You can't tell me to do six steps and six jogs and follow yeah. through three steps. That doesn't work for me. So, like, I don't know what it is. So, yeah. I just think it's a really interesting point that you, that you just made. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, everyone's different with the routine. 
for sure. But going back to the snapping, so yeah, it was again twenty late twenty twenty, and as I was saying, I was getting a heap of shots, but just missing. And I think we we're playing Sydney up in the hub, and I was just like, stuff. I'm so sick of missing. And then I just got the ball on that left hand side, and just randomly just rolled and just like snapped it, and it went in. I was like, oh, that was that was good. Like, wasn't not sure what I was thinking there, but did it, and then. Got a shot later on that day as well and um, did the same thing, just snapped and rolled and kicked the goal. And I walked away thinking, oh, that wouldn't have looked great, but I, I walked away kicking two or three instead of zero. Mm. So whatever. And then I think we had two games left for that year and same thing happened. As soon as, if I marked on the other side, I was like, I'm just going to roll and snap it. Like, whatever. I don't really care. Like, if however it looks, I'm, if I can walk away with a goal or two that I wouldn't have kicked, then perfect. Um and that's kind of where it all started. So that was very rushed and there was no routine behind it. It was just kind of get the ball, if no one's there, roll and snap and kick it off. Um, then going back to Jamie a little bit, we worked, I, I said that to him, I was like, it was actually like fun kind of snapping the ball, like just rolling, it was a bit exhilarating, like it was mm. kind of fun. And he said like, talked about left side, left side of the brain and right side of the brain and when you were snapping, it kind of taps into the creative um, side of the brain. That's why wow. it's kind of enjoyable and you actually kick better. Um, so then over that summer, I spent a lot of time um, actually developing a routine with your snap because one thing I see now with modern football is a lot of people that snap the ball, which I'm all for, but the ones that look great or don't look great and get in trouble is when they just roll without having a routine and um, then it looks really bad, which I can completely get. But So as long as I took that away and had a set routine that I was going to do every time, um, I was really comfortable with, with doing it. And because I knew I was getting good results, well, I never really listened to um, – mm. Yeah, what everyone else was talking about it. And um, yeah, the only time, like if you look at it from a stats point of view, I think I was 80 or 90% from 30 to goal from that side snapping the ball. But it's just the one that you miss that looks really bad. So yeah. if you hit the ball and it goes the other way, it's like, why is he snapping it? What a loser. Yeah. Like, what's he doing? So because I knew like 99% of them were, I was hitting them well. Like I could, I'd live with one that, that didn't look great. Yeah. Mate, well, I'm just, I'm not surprised by this, but like I'm, Really impressed, I suppose, because I knew how much you you think about your game. I know how much you, you love like footy and developing and how competitive you are. But I think one thing today, chatting to you now, is just like how much you've grown and how much you are um, invested in the mental side of the game. Like it must be nearly the most important thing for you now, is it? Like is that like you just love that side of it? Yeah, I think um, as we were talking about before. So I feel like I've grown a lot in five, six, seven years. And so I've been speaking to a few people that I'd known in my first year, that wouldn't be just common. They'd be like, oh, that's interesting that you think like that now. And yeah. um, so I've definitely developed a lot of that, but I think it's so, so important. And you speak to some of the best guys like Cripper, for example, mm. he's so big on it. Like, um, and I'm by far not mastering it at all. Like I've still got a lot of work to do on it. Um, but I, th I still think as an industry, it's really untapped. And yeah. at this stage, if you're an AFL footballer and you're not investing something into your mindset, then you yeah, you're falling behind. So it's really important. Is it important for you as well to – because I think um, Chris Judd actually said this once and I, I don't know if you crossed over with him when you were playing. What Did you? Did you have Juddy for a year? Um, no, I didn't. You didn't? I no, didn't it's know. weird. People ask me if I played with like Brendan Favola. And I'm yeah. like, no, no, I didn't, man. He's like <laughs> 10 years older than me. Yeah. But you forget um, at that time. But he was saying that um, – and something that you've picked up without even hearing this probably is like – you've got to be doing something outside of the club or seeking someone else's opinion outside of the club than 
just the people within the fours. Like that is great and the people there, you trust them, but it's almost like the edge that you get from seeing someone outside of it, whether that be um, Jackie or, or Jamie or, or something else um, is where you're going to really get those gains. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd swear by it. Um, I think we talk about – so everyone, all 45 players do the program and the mm-hmm. club is fantastic. Like the facilities, resources you have at the club, unbelievable. And the people in those four walls are awesome, always want to help you, but – the program they said is for for everyone, so that's just the program, right? So if you're doing that, you're going to be as good as everyone else, right? So I guess the theory is to go and be better than that, you have to go and do something extra, right? Mm. And I've always found that seeing someone external from the club one, it's nice to get away from the four walls that you see every day and work with someone that's kind of not purely Carlton-based. Um, two, I think you feel, and again, I don't know how this will sound, but... If you really feel like you're owed something if you're going out of your way, out of your own pocket, paying for a service or um, you know, an avenue to get better. You feel like you're owed something. Mm. Um, again, I don't know how that'll sound. but I think I know. I think what, yeah, like you're, you owe something to yourself because you're yourself. putting in yeah. so much more effort. Exactly right. Like you're just, you're investing actually in yourself. Yeah. And Jack Russell talks about it a lot. He's like, yeah, in, in those kind of crunch moments, if you've done everything you can, you owe it to yourself to perform well in those moments and subconsciously it just happens. So, mm. yeah, it's um, I think it's really important. Uh, again, nothing away from the club, like they're awesome. and But I think to get the very, very best out of yourself, um, you've got to always be looking at different avenues to get better. And, yeah, they can be a bit quirky and a bit, a bit different, but um, just having a go at something and exploring, it's massive. Even little things like just working with a dietitian yeah. um, off your own bat. Um, shout out to Michelle Reeves. She's awesome. Um so, but just like you wouldn't even really, like you obviously nutrition's important and you have an awesome dietitian at the club, yeah. but just kind of looking at a different lens, how you can like improve your eating in the off season or how it impacts game day, just like a little thing. Might mm. only be two or three percent, but um, it's really beneficial. Mm. Yeah. So, um, serious question. Yeah. Who's your all time favorite person? If someone has to deliver the pill to you, out of the center. Now, don't like. I'm not <laughs> alluding to myself at all because that was a joke that we used to have. If someone's kicking out of the center square to you coming out, who's your favorite person to deliver you the ball? Um, current or all time? Maybe we'll do both. We'll do, do both. both. All time, I reckon Mark Murphy. Murphy was just a beautiful kick of the ball. As a forward, yeah, you have some guys that like they on, want to drill it at on you, paper. Are a beautiful kick there, yeah. and like. Yeah, you'd see like these 40-minute dart and you think, wow, that's a great kick. But as a forward, you don't want to necessarily an absolute dart at you because yeah. you have to like obviously mark it. Yeah. And <laughs> when it's a dart, it makes it hard. Um, so Murph just had this awesome ability to just kind of the weighted ball was perfect and um, always kind of I enjoy coming at, the, coming at the leg a little bit. And um, yeah, he always just dropped it in front of you and it was a beautiful kick to lead to Murph. Mm. So he'll be number one. Um, these days, probably a few... I feel like, like a good connection with Walshy. He kicks the ball well to me. Um, Zach Fisher as well. And then um, some of our halfbacks like Sardi and Nui and Sam Dockery, they always kick the ball pretty well as well. Mm. Speaking of other teammates now, like what do you love about playing with Charlie? And what's that? Because, you know, he hasn't – like we forget – I think we forget how dire that situation was. Like yeah, it was a chance that he was like not going to play anymore. And he's come – people – we've just totally forgotten that this guy has come off like three years of not playing footy. Absolutely, yeah. And I think – I don't know if he's got enough credit, to be honest. I don't think he has. Like, <laughs> it's, like, to, it's it's amazing As a teammate, maybe even like talk to the extent of how like that was maybe even the four walls. Did you think there was like time where he might not have even like played? 
yeah, like you always want to um, hope the best for people. And but there was definitely times where yeah, a few boys would think like, "Gee, that's a that's serious injury," and um, that's going to another take, setback. Yeah, knows. like yeah, you'd hear you know surgery again on something that didn't work, and you just think like, "It's going to it's going to be tough to come back from." And there was always questions from people about like because you watched Charlie in 2018, 2017, and he was just so he moved so well and he's so like athletic and people maybe not inside the club but people would say like i wonder if he's going to you know be the same athlete and yeah um yeah as i said i i don't think he's got enough credit for what he's done so like to have a all australian common medal year after not playing for the best <laughs> part of two and a half, three years it's crazy like crazy so i love playing with charlie he's um we're very different probably mm. two ends of the spectrum and i actually think that's what makes us pretty good together so um charlie's very you know he's very energetic, kind of a bit yeah. erratic. Um, I'd love to know what's going on inside his head sometimes. <laughs> free thinker. Yeah, free yeah. thinker. But he's just a freak athlete and um, just a freak with some of the stuff he does. And um, as I said, we're very different, but I think that relationship works because of it to a degree. Yeah. And um, I've loved playing with him. He's so energetic and, yeah, there's nothing louder than when Charlie kicks a goal or takes a big mark. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, first of all, I'm just wrapped that he's – as a mate to be able to do what he's done. But then, um, yeah, as a, as a partner in the forward line, it's just, it's been so fun. So good. Um, a little bit again, speak like off topic and I think it'd be worth mentioning this um, because of the changes that have come in. But like, I've been really lucky to be invited back to the club and seen like the changes and I'm not in the four walls by no means at all anymore. And it's very easy for me to make judgment on these people, but like seeing just like the culture of the club being invited back into like golf days and fucking events and like they inviting back like a 40 gamer to be a part of it. Um, like Michael Voss, Luke Power, Ash Nolte, um, Ash Hansen, like the coaching staff and support staff, like Lil O'Sullivan, like these people at the club and you know, a lot of people haven't, but the people at the club seem just like on another level. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I spoke um, previously before about having really good people in key roles is just so important. Mm. And all those people you mentioned there, plus several others, yeah. um, have done an amazing job. And I think the club's been, it's funny you say that about um, you know, inviting you back to the um, to the club and golf days. It's been a massive emphasis in the last 12 months on that. I think Vossi... Um, and a couple of the others, uh, the coaches have been huge on that, like reconnecting the club again. And we'd always have every Tuesday we'd have like a team breakfast, so everyone, all the department comes together and plays and staff, and just have a brekkie together at the club. And we'd often get some past players to come back and just just share their stories, say good day to them, and it's just reconnecting Carlton again. And um, I think it's been a little thing, but also a really big thing that mm. yeah, once you play at Carlton, you should feel like you're always at Carlton. And um, I think this year has taken some big steps in getting that back. Yeah. I think it's a little thing for maybe you guys, but it's a the on-flow effect of what that has on like people that are actually a part of it is is incredible. You feel, yeah, really special. And that's why you know that there is something really cool um, going on. I heard um, Kripa speak a couple weeks ago. He was in the studio and he was talking about, um, we're just talking about something. I can't remember what it was, but he was talking about how um, Vossi, he's like, He's one of the most motivating, like, co like just the way he talks and, like, his pre-games and stuff. Like, give us an insight into what that day's like. Because we've all sat in those meetings of any coach and you can run through a fucking brick wall. But And I was like, the crib, like, oh, mate, I've heard those ones before. He goes, nah, like, these are like, this is Michael Voss. Yeah. So <laughs> usually he's, as you know, a few people know, so you have your captain's run, so you're playing a Saturday, your captain's run's on your Friday, so you have a run around, you do your line meeting, then you always finish with the senior coach meeting. 
And um, those ones are just, it's just another level, mate. I don't, it's hard to describe, but it just got a way of articulating words that I've never seen before. And his ability to inspire, like there is literally a running gag. As soon as everyone walks out the door, it's like, has anyone seen the brick wall? Like we need to run yeah. through it. Like that's literally what everyone says. You've seen, you seen that brick wall, mate? I need to run through it. Um, yeah, his ability just to connect everyone, make you feel part of something bigger than yourself, um, inspire. It's amazing, yeah. And he's obviously done a lot of work on that type of stuff and it really shows. And um, yeah, we're super lucky to have Vossi and yeah, there's um, pretty motivating speeches for sure. Yeah, apparently um, Vossi said that after every chat, he knows he's hit the mark because like everyone will walk out of the room then Charlie <laughs> comes up to him <laughs> and says like, yeah, you, well done, mate. That yeah, was good. exactly right. <laughs> Sometimes you're just waiting around for Charlie to come and get around him, but he doesn't so he <laughs> yeah. knows he's missed it. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's very true. It's a, good, it's a good gauge. Um, what's on outside of footy, mate? Like you've got a lot on, you're a busy man. Um, obviously you are very committed to that, but are you looking at doing anything outside of footy at the moment? Like what's what's the goals? Have you got any other interests? Yeah, so I started uni this year, yeah. um, applied business at the Trobe. So um, yeah, that was something that's been a challenge, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I was never great at school, mate, but um, yeah, I wanted to redeem myself a little bit, which hasn't happened yet. But um, that's been kind of, yeah, something to, to do in the background that I enjoy. Um, yeah, other stuff, I guess like anyone enjoy other sports like NFL, um, mm. basketball and, and watching a bit of that stuff. And, um, yeah, playing around, I just spoke about before, playing around, maybe a little bit of a podcast oh, idea. Podcast. Um, yeah, if producer will have us maybe. With mate. you and Ben? Yeah, with me and Ben, sorry. Yeah, yeah so that'll be interesting. But, um, yeah, other than that, mate, obviously hanging around with friends and family and as we've spoken about, you're pretty invested in what you do and, yeah. and um, yeah, you haven't got a heap of time, but, yeah, there's a few things I, I don't mind doing. Have you got any goals for next year? Like... Do you, and, and I can imagine and respectfully if you don't want to share them, but do you put down goals that if you say them out loud, they might sound weird, but like have you got shit in there? That obviously team success is the number one and that's that's obvious, but is there stuff in your head that you're like, I want to achieve this? Yeah, I'll, I'll show you this. So in just first day of 2021, you know, everyone you know, makes their goals for the year and stuff. And from a footy point of view, I remember I just wrote down on a bit of paper, make all Australian 2021. Um, and thinking that that was this big thing and as soon as you get that, then it'll be awesome. And not to take the shine off the award or anything, but later on that year, I was lucky enough to be All-Australian and I think about like that, it was cool, but it wasn't like, it wasn't life-changing. So then from that point of view, uh, that point on, I thought being competitive and as an athlete, you're always looking for the next one. So putting like a, a certain goal on a bit of paper, it's if you achieve that, it's it's always like, all right, what's next kind of thing. So I, I learned for myself, like that, this is just for me, right? Mm. So I learned that having more of a day by day goal in terms of, all right, I want to get better at this. I want to make sure I'm always doing something to improve day by day and falling in love with the process of it more than the outcome was like really big learning for me. So mm. um, as I said, if you're purely outcome based, like you get to that outcome, it's like, all right, that was cool, but what's next? So attaching myself more to the process of it all, something I really love and that's my goal, just be consistent in my, my process. Yeah. It's a great answer. Thanks, Darcy, man. Darcy liked that one. <laughs> um, mate, it's been incredible. I really, really enjoyed today. It's been a phenomenal chat. Um, yeah, mate, I'm just so proud of you. You've done so well. Um, still got so much footy ahead of you. Um, I don't reckon you 
you know, any young guy could, but just the way you can, you articulate and your journey and what you've learned about yourself and how honest you are with where you've been and where you're going. Um, it's really, really admirable. I'd literally think, think that any kid coming through the draft this year or anyone that even just wants to get the best out of himself should be listening to your story because it is, um, it's generally exciting, mate. So I'm really, really pumped for fucking, I'm going to run through a brick wall now. I think <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, really excited for your next seven years and, and beyond. And, and I'm really lucky to call your friend. So thank you for coming on the show. No worries, mate. Thank you very much. D-Bomb, how are you, broski? I'm good, broski. How are you? It's always a good gauge when we have a pod and after I look at you and if if on your face you're smiling, I'm happy. Yeah. Because you enjoyed it. Well, I was smiling. You really liked that, didn't I you? I enjoyed that. You didn't know. So you tell, say what you said before we had the mics on because I said, don't don't waste this gold, my friend. Let the audience hear what you have to say. Yeah. No, I was just saying I, I don't really know much about Harry. Mm. Like I, I watch him play footy and he's obviously – a gun player, but like, I've never really heard him talk. Mm. Like I haven't seen much of him. So I was going into this with no expectation of what I was going to hear. And he, uh, he surprised me. No, he was, he was great. I, I, I think I said it in the episode as well. Like he didn't surprise me, but he just impressed me. Like I knew he from seeing him and the character he had as a young kid and knowing who he was. And like, you know, we'll get to all the bits that we loved about it, but like just from seeing him as a young guy coming in and, wanting to be the best version of himself he could be. I think he was a little bit hard on himself saying that he fell yeah. into different traps. Like he definitely didn't. He was always like willing to do what he had to do and trained extremely hard, great character, um, all these sorts of things. But I suppose in himself he was just finding that confidence. What was the difference? Like when were you there oh. when he came in? So I reckon I would have been Harry Mackay draft. So because he went in 2015. I was drafted in 2011. So his first year was 2016. Yeah. And my first year was 2012, so what four years yeah, apart? Four. Yeah, I was four years in when he, when he came, and um, yeah, I we played a we we played a lot of footy together because he was um, he was coming through playing in the VFL, and um, I was playing in the VFL with him there too. But yeah, you, you always saw like how special he could be. Like yeah. not many big blokes could move like he could, but yeah, um, just putting that size on and getting his body right as well was was a big one. But the, I think, uh, yeah, the story of your first encounter, hilarious. Yeah. Just a little blow up from Dill, just yeah. showing him who's boss. Yeah, and I think that that was uh, definitely, um, yeah, I think he's definitely got the, he was in the right <laughs> place at the right time. I, Yeah, I think a lot of my, I, I look back on that, <clears throat> to be honest, and I think a lot of the time when, and not this situation because I think there's white line fevers, you know, that that's just as a thing, but I look back on my footy career and I think, a lot of the time, if I did stupid shit or tried to fight someone or something like that, it was because I was just super insecure about my own performance mm. um you know you, you don't see like michael like you don't see the best players in the team running around trying to fight people it's like they're too busy no. actually dominating on the field so it's any so kids out there learn from my mistakes don't be a fucking idiot well i think like it's really interesting just that mentality of like how things have changed at carlton at I had, that was there's going to be a lot of carlton supporters and just footy lovers in general yeah. hearing that and even for me it was a bit of a awakening-ish going like, fuck, you know, I wish I was a part of that too. Yeah, yeah. Because, and I've spoken about it before, probably, and I've never articulated it as, as well as he did around like, you know, it might not have been cool to be su- successful or try hard or put yourself out there. But like similar things happen, you know, when I was talking about maybe even doing media at the club, I was like, you know, this is something I really enjoy. I want to do this thing, discussions with Dylan. And it was sort of like, why are you doing that? Don't be a loser. Like, you know, yeah. just stick in your lane. You're not even getting a kick. What are you doing? But, um, and then when I moved to the Giants, um, 
everyone was getting around me. I was like, this is fucking weird. Like, what do you mean? This is this is strange. But yeah, he, well, he articulated sense. well. Like, if, if you're a young kid coming into this professional environment, you're going to do what the majority are doing. Yeah. Like if that's their mentality, you're just going to keep yourself safe and do, yeah. do what everyone's doing. And I actually remember even like on reflection now when those guys came in, because when you think about it, you know, it was all around that same time. You had like Makai, um, you know, Harry, Charlie, Sauce, Weedering, um, in that group. There's a couple others that I mistaken my name, but like big the, names, big big names. And I remember sort of going, "Oh, these guys are getting you know treated different." And I was like, "Well, so they fucking should get treated different." Like yeah. they're trying to change a culture here. Like that's what you need to do. You need to pump these guys up and tell them how good they are because. They're going to be the future of the club, and look, it's you know it's worked pretty fucking well for them so far. So, um, good on them. I think it's going really well, and I think you know we were a uh, um, good friend of ours, Damon, um, outside who you yes. know worked with Dylan friends for a long time, and he's a big Carlton supporter. I said, "Gee whiz, Damon, that'll be a big one on the big footy, I reckon. Ooh, that'll yes. be on the, Ooh, the big yes. footy records because any Carlton supporter listening to that will be so excited to have such a player like him that thinks like he does and works so hard." Um, there. I think that was a really cool thing. I, like I said, nothing surprised me, but the lengths he's gone to um, to see a you know psychologist outside of that, to work with a, another psychologist outside of the club, Jamie Glazer and Jackie, um, you know, those sorts of uh, those people. And I know that he's still seeking other people. You know, we had another chat for about 10, 15 minutes after about a few other people and yeah. I told him to listen to the Jonah Oliver pod and, yeah, scared for this bloke in like 2023. Seven Seven more years. Mm. Oh, boy. Give him fucking eight, I reckon. I liked how he said footy is so much of your life, so he just embraced it. Yeah. Like, instead of trying to separate the human from the athlete, he just said, well, like, it's such a big part of my life. Mm. I'm just going to embrace that and yeah. try it. It's an know, interesting take, that. yeah. Like, And I love that he's found it in that way. Like, it was it was really cool. Um, I said it probably 14 times now, but if you know someone and you're listening to this that is like a young person or not even a young like anyone that just wants to learn and become like the best version of themselves or you know maybe they're going for a new job opportunity and they, they don't feel confident in in the space and or maybe they're in a in work where they're not like attacking it at how they should be um or you're young you're a young guy or girl looking to get drafted like that is just you like I felt like I should have paid to listen to that if I was mm. a young person just the shit that you save yourself three years and just listen to that hour. It's a cheat code. It's a cheat really. code right there. What do you think of him talking about his goal kicking and his mentality around that? It was interesting, wasn't it? I found it so interesting. Yeah. He said he allowed himself to fail. Yeah. Because he used to go into games thinking, I've got to kick every goal Ten here. straight. Otherwise, five straight. A, I've failed. Yeah. And just like that, you can probably like, you would have noticed it in his form on field, like that flicking mentality. Mm. Um, I might delivery. actually adapt that into my golf game. I'm not even joking. Like every, every tee, right, I'm sitting there, 18 holes, you're driving most of them, so 15 holes you're on your driver. Who am I to think I'm going to hit every fucking fairway? Well, the professionals don't even do like, that. Like that's what I mean. So yeah. like just allow it. Go, you know what, Dylan? That's okay, man. I hope I hit the fairway, but I'm Pro- probably, probably not going, not going to. to. <laughs> but I, like I might, I, I probably won't. Um, I really liked it. No, yeah. I think he's... He's onto something big. He's obviously a deep thinker and um, putting a lot of work in. I loved what he was saying about, um, you know, the relationship with Charlie mm. and firstly talking about, you know, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, which is which is right. You know, Charlie's, his story is, you know, it's another incredible one in itself. But how different these guys are, man. Like I can't express to you, 
you know, think of that and then Charlie just being this guy who just, I don't want to say raw talent because he works extremely hard as well, but he's yep. just this raw human that like would just bounce out and just be chuckling and laughing and just so vibing and energy. And then you got Harry who's really, you know, into his game and he's da, 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 da. so like seeing them together yeah it's just yeah it's interesting to it's know a, that though a nice balance they've got it there, is I think. yeah it is what else did you like anything else i loved hearing good? the stories of um him and ben oh that was fucked. growing up fighting stabbing stabbing the <laughs> i liked the um the draft night one punched him in the face draft he night. just he just sat there didn't do anything and then they got out of the car and bang sounds like ben's got the uh the chocolates over him at the moment i don't want to say while we're in the same room but um i think it's pretty clear (laughs) huge um no i loved it mate that's really really cool really excited for that and as i said anyone um that yeah i'll just be sharing this one um to anyone who you think can get something out of it because it was really cool and if you like this and haven't listened to the jonah oliver episode yet i honestly think the jonah oliver episode is probably the most i've learnt in an episode. Yes. Absolutely. In like 200 plus episodes, I think the Joan Oliver one is the most I've gone. Like literally everything he said, I was like, wow, okay. It actually felt a bit like a lesson. It like felt like I was in, in a room. lecture. Yeah. yeah. And even my mate that, you know, Jake, my one of my best mates who doesn't listen to any of my podcasts, like none. He got recommended it by someone That's else. Thought, yeah, he's great. He recommended it by someone else. Um, and they said, oh, you should listen to this. And he listened to it and he called me and goes, mate, that guy was fucking awesome. Mm. so check that one out too uh, but yeah hope you enjoyed it IlyXX um, that's about it from us great episode well done thanks for listening to another Producey podcast if you enjoyed the show that'd be a massive help if you could like follow rate subscribe tap the bell leave a review or even share with one of your friends or you could do them all if you want to get in touch to share feedback suggest a guest or advertise with one of our podcasts then email hello at Producey.com thanks for tuning in IlyXX KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble.